Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. Genesis chapter 41, verse 33. And we're going to start in God's Word this morning. Church, it's Pentecost Sunday. um, And uh, normally I would be preaching from Acts 2. um, But we had just finished a series called Spirit-Filled Life. And I think I preached from Acts 2 like four times. So if I did it again, I think some of you would ask me to leave the stage. So church, even though it is Pentecost Sunday, we're going to continue in our series entitled Welcome Home. And this series, like I said several times, Pastor and I have been saying, this series is all about our church home, Metro Church. What is this home all about? And we've addressed the mission statement, and now we're continuing to address the vision statement. Remember, our mission statement is what we do every day. And, the, and Metro Church of God's mission statement is to exalt God and to equip people. To exalt God and to equip people to be witnesses of the Most High God with the good news of Jesus Christ throughout DFW and the world. Our vision, our vision of this church, what we hope to become, our goal, is that we would become a people that celebrate the presence of God, demonstrate the love of God, communicate the word of God, and educate the people of God. This is what we are about. Everywhere we go, my hope is that people know, oh, those people go to Metro Church because they are longing to be those kinds of people. So today, this morning, I want to unpack another part of this vision statement. So far, we have addressed demonstrating the love of God and communicating the word of God. This morning, I would like to focus on educating the people of God. Amen? Educating the people of God. Church, for me, out of the four of the four statements, this is the hardest one for me to really define. What does it mean for us to educate the people of God? As Pastor and Pastor Ruben and I have been talking about it, fleshing it out, we notice it is very different than communicating the Word of God. It's not just communicating the Word of God, it's educating the people of God. It's different than demonstrating God's love, and it's also different than celebrating God's presence. Presence. So to explain educating the people of God clearly to you, I'm going to turn us to one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. It is the story of Joseph. In this passage that I've asked us to turn to, we will see the importance of a person being educated in the presence of God to become the people of God. It is God educating, training, sharpening a young man for, for the word of God to become the wisdom of God in his life. I'm going to show you this quick image up here. Uh, there should be three circles behind me at some point, I think. Um, let me know if you see it. So there are, um, there are three things that we want to do to educate you into. Um, the first is we want you to have right belief in your life, which is orthodoxy. So we would not be good pastors if we were not rightly dividing the word of God to ensure you have right belief, orthodox. Orthodoxy. But more than that, we don't want just orthodoxy in your life. We want more than right belief. We want right action and right affection in your life. So that's orthodoxy, orthopraxy, and orthopathy, meaning that we want you to have right belief, right action, and right affection in your life. Amen? And so Joseph is the kind of person that embodies these three things. You can see 
that it is more than the word of God. It is now becoming the wisdom of God in his life. So the main idea this morning is we want the word of God to become the wisdom of God in your life. Amen? Let's turn to Genesis chapter 41, verse 33 through 36. Oh, hey, the circles showed up. <laughs> there they are. These are the three things that we want to educate you into. Right belief, right action, right affection. Amen? And in the center of these things is a strong disciple of Jesus Christ. I believe that Joseph embodies this. Let's turn to verse 33 of chapter 41. This is near the tail end of Joseph's, Joseph's story. And now, let Pharaoh, this is Joseph talking to Pharaoh. And now, let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of all these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so the country may not be ruined by the famine. Verse 37. This plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, hey, can we find anyone else like this man, the one whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one. Uh, Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be put in charge of my palace, and all my people will be submitted to your orders. Only with, with, with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Amen, church? Joseph is a prime example of a person who understood God's word, but then the word of God became the wisdom of God in his life. We can see in two areas the wisdom of God flourishing. Number one, we see in verse 33 through 38, he was educated into right insight. He had divine insight. Second is in 39 through 46, he was educated for right influence. He had great influence in his life. So it's my desire this morning that young people, to the elderly people, that we would not be just known for scripture memorization. We would not just be good at Bible reference competitions. You would not just be good at your Sunday schools. But this communicated word of God would educate you rightly so that you can live with great wisdom in the world around us. Amen? So the main idea today is the word of God must become the wisdom of God in your life. This is why we educate you. Verse 33, the first point is Joseph was educated for right insight. We know how the story of Joseph goes. It's one of our favorite stories in the Bible. We can see that God has given Joseph great insight in his young age, and that was being sharpened throughout his life. You remember, as a young boy, he had a vision about his own life. He told his brothers, uh, there's sheaves of grain, and you had sheaves of grain. My sheaf stood taller than yours, and all of yours bowed to me. What is that? That is insight into his life. He had another vision. The sun, the moon, and all the stars around him all came and bowed to him. Even at a young age, Joseph had divine, deep insight into his own life. But that insight was not fully trained or sharpened or educated. Because you can see that he went around telling everyone about it. Now we know what happens next. He's sold into slavery. When he enters into Potiphar's house, into a foreign land, remember, he may not even know the language of the people. He may look very different from the majority of people there. But even there, Joseph began to exercise what? Divine insight 
in the household of Potiphar. He knew how to make everything and everyone work together in a flourishing manner. This is divine insight from God. Organization, flow, personnel, it all began to emerge out of him. And he knew how to make everything fit together. There in Potiphar's house, in an unknown country, God was educating his son Joseph into deeper and deeper insight. It's, in, it's interesting, he didn't have any insight at home, but now in a new land, he has deeper insight. When falsely accused, he was sent into the king's prison. There again in the prison, Joseph exercised key insight. Everything in that prison was placed under his authority. The prison began to flourish. The prison began to flourish under Joseph's care. Even there in the prison, he met a baker and a cupbearer who had disturbing dreams. And what happened? Divine insight comes into Joseph's life in prison. He listens to their dreams, and he interprets it, interprets it so precisely to the exact day and the exact action it transpired. You can see how deep and divine that insight in his life was being trained, sharpened, educated by God. Amen? You see, it is the words and the laws of God that would have been placed in his life at a young age. Who this Yahweh God is, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, that word had been placed into his life, but now it is becoming not just the word, but the wisdom of God in his life. Amen? Then we come to the text in this moment that we read where Pharaoh has a dream. And no one, no one on his entire staff team could interpret it. Therefore, jo Joseph is summoned before Pharaoh. When Pharaoh asks Joseph, can you interpret this dream? Joseph says, I cannot, but God can. Here, Joseph hears the dream and immediately, immediately, Divine insight in the, in the court of the king. Divine insight comes upon him. He knows exactly what it means, but more than that, he can take that interpretation and he devised a plan for the entire nation. He didn't just explain the dream. Immediately insight, I know how to put this dream into action for the entire nation of Egypt. It is amazing to see how he has been trained and sharpened in the presence of God. How do we know that his gift has come to full maturation? Because he knows it is not his own. Oftentimes, when we're young in our giftings, when we're not educated, we think we are doing something. But those gifts and talents have been given to you by God. And I know you have reached maturation. When people ask you, how do you do this? I can't do this. But God can. The word of God becoming the wisdom of God in your life is why we care so much to educate the people of God. Amen? Church, in the same way, it is important for us to think about how all of these words of God doesn't necessarily have every instruction that you need to live in this life. For example, did Joseph know how to run Potiphar's house because he read a verse in the Bible? No. How did he do that? It was the wisdom of God in his life. How did Joseph know how to run an entire country of Egypt through a catastrophic famine? Because there was a specific verse in the Bible? No. He knew that because after being in the word of God, it became wisdom after being educated and trained. Amen, church? In the same way, I am encouraging each and every one of you not to just memorize scripture, but to practice this scripture in your life. Let's apply this further. How do we engage in social media? Is there a specific scripture in the Bible about that? 
No. How do we engage in political matters that are raging around us? How do we deal with international issues that are happening all around us? Racial matters, marital matters, financial matters, dating and relationship matters, family issues. How do we deal with those things? Are you looking for a particular verse for your specific circumstance so you can obey it? It won't be there, friends. Because it's the word of God being embedded into you that turns into the wisdom of God in your life. There's an old story about a retired engineer from General Electric. He had a long, successful career as an engineer. And he retired. Later, a few years later, there was a system breakdown at GE. All the engineers were incredibly confused about what to do. So they, what did they do? They called this old, retired engineer to come back as a consultant. This old engineer came to the manufacturing plant, and after inspecting some of the machinery, he inspected it at length, and then he took a piece of chalk and marked with an X one part of the machine. And he said, this is defective. And of course, he was right. Later, he sent a bill <laughs> to GE. It was a bill for $10,000. The company protested, what? what is this for? I want to see an itemized bill for this 10000 The old engineer replied with an email, itemized, making one X, $1. Knowing where to place the X, $9,999. <laughs> when they asked him, where, where did you get this wisdom from? He smiled and he said, hard work and God's word. Church, in the same way, when the word of God is communicated to you, don't be surprised because a divine insight come upon you. And when that divine insight is revealed in you at your workplace, I hope it provokes curiosity in the people around you. Why is it that you, you understand what is happening in our company more than other people? Why is it that you have such great insight? That curiosity in your friends is the doorway for the gospel to go forward. Because when they ask you, you say, I cannot, but my God can. Joseph shows us what happens when the word of God is educated in your life into the wisdom of God. Amen? Number two, educated not just for right insight, but for right influence. We can see in this story, even as a small boy, he had a dream that he would be influential. But the funny thing is, if you look at his life, being the youngest in his house, it's great when you have dreams of influence, but in real life, you have no influence. His brothers are thinking, you're the last person that's going to lead me to do anything. Isn't it funny that you might have a, a gift of influence, but when you're young, and you're not trained, you're not educated, that you have, no, you have influence over no one, even your own brothers. Then he is taken as a slave to Egypt, to Potiphar's house. You can read the text. Potiphar gives everything to Joseph. Everything in his household comes under the influence of Joseph. Why? He had great insight, but that insight turned into such great influence over the household. Joseph learned something that we all need to know. The word of God produces the fear and respect for God. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Church, I'm asking you to be more than just, just reading and just memorizing. Apply this. Turn it into right action and affection in your life. God put everything under Joseph's influence at Potiphar's house. Joseph went from having no influence in his household to having great influence in somebody else's household. And not even a household in his own land. A household in someone else's land, he has great influence. Then we know that Joseph was unlawfully sentenced 
and jailed because of the alluring nature of Potiphar's wife. For all you young men here, run, Joseph, run. He was in prison for doing nothing wrong, and eventually all the influence of the prison warden, the influence, not the insight, the influence of the entire prison was placed on Joseph. <laughs> Notice the progression. No influence at home. Increased influence in someone else's home, now even more influence in the national prison system. God was showing Joseph the gift of his leadership. As it gets stronger and stronger, what? Despite circumstances. Here's another truth I need to teach and tell everyone. Your circumstances might be going downhill, but the gift of God, the wisdom of, your God, of God may keep going up and up. Right? So don't let your circumstance dictate what God is doing in your life. Joseph's life kept going down and down, but the wisdom kept going up and up. He was being educated, trained, strengthened by the Most High God. Then Joseph stands before Pharaoh. Again, the influence of the Most High God comes to bear on the king of Egypt. This is the strongest country in the known world at the time. There in the presence of this king, Pharaoh, the wisdom of God begins to fill that throne room. They have never experienced it. None of his staff members know what to do. And there, God grows Joseph's influence to spread over the greatest nation that at the, in the world at that time. Can you believe it? He entered the country as a foreigner, a slave, a prisoner, but now second in command of all of Egypt. Again, why is this? It's because when you love the word of God, it turns into the wisdom of God in your life. He was sharpened, educated by the Most High God. Church, the ability to influence others, to lead, to administrate, to govern, it is, it is not necessarily explained through the lines of Scripture. There is nothing that taught Joseph exactly what to do. It's not just right belief. We educate you so you have right action and right affection in your life. That's what leads to great wisdom in your life. It is something that God educates in you for a lifetime, if you're willing. But here's one thing about education. You need to humble yourself to be a student. A lot of us think that we have already arrived. When someone preaches, I opened up Genesis 41, I guarantee you some are like, oh no, Joseph again. What am I going to get today? I mean, you know, he's in Bible school. You'd think he would pick something else, right? That, that, that feeling, that's the opposite of humility. You want to come to God's word anytime it's open as a student because today my God might increase, strengthen, educate my wisdom. Amen? Would you open your heart right now and say, God, educate me. Make me wise in the areas of influence you have given me. You become a better businessman or a leader not because of your skills, but because of the wisdom of God. You become a better father or mother, not because you are so talented, but because of the wisdom of God. You become a master at accumulating and investing wealth, not because you are so smart, but because it is the wisdom of God being placed on your life. Young people, you're not passing all your exams and having great understanding in your classes because you are so smart. It is the word of God turning into the wisdom of God in your life. We want to educate you in that because as you work in society, people will take great notice. Gentiles like Potiphar, Gentiles like the prison warden, Gentiles like Pharaoh will take notice of the wisdom of God in your life. You see, uh, 
I'll tell you another story. When I was in the eighth grade, our science teacher had told us that if we wanted, we could teach the class for a day. Everyone started laughing. They're like, oh, that's going to be an awesome day. We can teach the class. We're going to give everyone recess. But I was really intrigued. What, what, I get to teach the science class for a day? So I went and asked my teacher, what does this mean? She's like, he, she laid out five or six topics. One of those topics was about space and the planets. I grabbed that. I said, I want to teach the class about this. She's like, okay, go ahead. So I worked really hard on my teaching presentation. I noticed that I loved teaching, imagining the fact that I can teach. I started preparing. I, got, I even brought props to school that day. I had a video. And you know, it was really hard in the early 90s to show a video. You know, you had to have VHS. I don't even know if young people know what that is. To put a VHS in a rolling TV that was humongous. You know, we didn't have like a PowerPoint. We had, we had a, this thing called an overhead projector. If you don't know what that is, ask your parents. You will be so thankful for this thing <laughs> if you know what an overhead projector is, you know? I had to get transparencies. I was doing all that. I got really, really ready. The day for me to teach arrived. I brought my props and videos and slides, and I began to teach. I don't know how to explain it to you, church. The time flew by. All my friends were laughing and engaging and understanding more about the planets. I had so much fun teaching. My friends learned so much and they enjoyed my teaching. My science teacher met with me after class and she said, it would be a huge shame if you did not become a teacher. And I told my parents, they said, it would be a huge shame if you became a teacher. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I laughed my teacher off, and I said, I don't know if I'm going to be a teacher. But it was the beginning of me realizing I had influence in my life. I didn't know it. I was still new at it. But I needed people to educate me, train me, sharpen me, to help me understand the gift of influence of teaching and public speaking. So over the years, God grew that gift. I honored him with my life. And God took that skill, and he multiplied it. To this day, I can tell you, I didn't get to teach in a high school, but I began to teach college students for the last 10 years, and I've seen hundreds of people give their life to Christ as I slowly and precisely divide the word of God for them. Now I have the honor to be one of your pastors, and I pray that we will continue to invite Hindus and Muslims and Sikhs to this place, because as they receive the word of God, they will understand the wisdom of God, and they will give their life to Christ. Church. It's not my wisdom, it's not your wisdom, it's not my influence, it's not yours, it's always God's. Amen? We must become educated people of God. We must, because that wisdom will change the city, will change the country. The word of God must become the wisdom of God within us. I'm going to invite the worship team forward. And at church, as we move into a time of asking God, I'm going to ask you, do you long for this wisdom in your life? Do you long for this wisdom in your life? Do you, do you want to ask God, give me great insight into my family life. Give me great insight into my business. Give me great insight at school. But more than that, God, give me great influence over the people around me. Church, sometimes we're so worried that our children will be influenced by society. But if we educate them, they will influence the society around them. Amen? The word of God will make them so wise in front of their peers that their peers will begin to follow them instead of the other way around. Church, can we ask with humility? Are you willing to be a student in front of God again? Are you willing? 
Are you willing to say, God, you will teach me? And t-? I, told my, I told my kids this all, all the time. When I become, an, hopefully I grow to be an upachin. You know, when I grow to be an old upachin, a grandfather, I hope people ask me, did you know that this was all going to happen in your life? I'm going to tell them, no, I did not. <laughs> I just obeyed God through every single door he opened. And I let him teach me even to my last dying breath. In the same way, church, will you allow God to teach you to your last dying breath? Let's stand to our feet. Let me pray for you as we worship God. Lord Jesus, I pray for your people right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I am sensing uh, fear in some people's lives right now. God, I just pray right now, Lord, that as people receive this word, that fear over becoming influential, fear over becoming insightful, Lord, will be dismissed in the name of Jesus. I pray that your people will accept your word as wisdom, that we would be people that are more than right belief, but we will have right affection or right action in the world around us, God. God, I just pray right now for an anointing to fall on people. Church, if you want this kind of wisdom in your life, if you want this kind of insight and influence, would you just open up your hands and ask the Holy Spirit to give it to you? Holy Spirit, right now from heaven, for those that are wanting it, God, as they're signifying, as they open their hands, God, for those that want it, because they're opening their hands in faith, God, would you right now begin to deposit upon them, Lord? Would you right now all over this building begin to deposit that wisdom into your people right now? God, we are hungry for it. God, we are longing for it, God. The world is longing for wise leaders. We're hungry for it, God. Because of your grace, would you please deposit more wisdom into us so we can lead your people, God, so we can educate those around us, Lord. Make us humble before you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.